what does Arthashastra tell us about society at that time? Was it rich or poor? Was it organized, disorganized? Uh, was it hierarchical? Was, were they exploiting people? Were women playing a role? I mean, what, what was the society like? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So I think for anybody who wants to understand the way that classical Indian society worked, and specifically in the Mauryan period, it's very important to read the Arthashastra. So, for example, the Arthashastra shows us how advanced Indian society was in particular. So, for example, there's detailed description of the administrative structure that existed within the Kautilian state. Wow. So he talks about the fact that there's 34 different adhyakshas or heads of departments within the government. So that could be like ministers. Ministers, yes. In today's term. Yes, and they're very specific. So there's a minister that just deals with mining. There's a minister that just deals with salt. There's a minister that just deals with animals and, and protection against slaughter, for example. So they're very specific. Each minister has their own individual role. And, um, That's interesting. Yes, and even within this structure, there's a different there's different salaries that are given that are given out. So the salaries in the Arthashastra are described in terms of panas, which are the currency that was used in the Mauryan period. Um, a panna is basically like a a precious uh, metal coin, and the highest salary was forty eight thousand panas. So that tells you how wealthy the the wow. country was at so, the time. So forty eight thousand of those. Gold nuggets. Right, per year. Well, per year. So this was the salary that's a, of... That's a hell of a lot. Yes, it, it's a lot. So these guys were well paid. Those guys were the most well paid. And even if you go down to the lowest level, which is about a thousand panas, that's still a really good salary for somebody who's at a, you know, at a mid-ranking government position. So there was no government shutdown. There was no government shutdown, as far as we know from this, from this text. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so the government employees were being paid. And even the fines that are described in the Arthashastra, the lowest fine is 12 pannas. So that tells you that if the lowest fine is 12 pannas, these 12 coins for, a, you know, a serious offense or crime, that shows you that even a common person had, you know, a Enough decent money. amount of money to be able to pay the 12 pannas. Very good. Interesting. What about diversity? Yes, yeah, so in, in the Arthashastra, the role of women is discussed in a few different places within the uh, economic system. So one place is that um, they describe that textile workers are women and that they're compensated for their work. Um, Cortelia mentions that it's beneficial to reward the women for their work in order to incentivize them to work more. Um, one of the things that's interesting is that um, the guards that um, would protect the king were actually female archers, as mm. described by Cortelia, which I thought was particularly interesting. Um, as to why female archers would be used. Is it because, um, you know, Cortilia didn't consider men to be trustworthy enough um, to be, you know, protectors of the king? Or maybe that women better are archers. Or women are better archers, yes, that's, that's possibly <laughs> true as well. So that's, that's something that I found, found a little bit interesting as well, that, that women were included in this way. Um, the Arthashastra also describes um, the way that the city is going to be planned out. So it's very meticulous. So it shows an inner city, which is where the palace is and the, the mandir is, that, 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 that is the main temple of the city. Um, it describes that there's separate living quarters for the different varnas, but all still within the four walls of the inner city. So there's nobody who's excluded. There's no this varna. This business that you cannot, uh, you, yeah, yeah, they're all okay. Yeah, there's no varna that's excluded from living within the, the four um, walls of the city. Uh, so that's the inner sort of inner core. Then outside of that is the countryside. So that's where, um, you know, you have villages. So you have agriculturists mainly living there. 
And interestingly, in order to make regulation more efficient, there would be cities that consisted of taxpayers. So people who um, were, were using government land and therefore they had to pay some tax to, back to the state. And there's also villages of tax exempt people. So these are people who took land that was not cultivable and made it arable. And Cortilia mentions that for a certain period, those villages will be tax exempt. So that's nowadays it's called uh, development. You go to yes. inner city and you try to encourage development of uh, uh, un, uh, you know, backward areas and give them tax incentive. Exactly, exactly. So he understood incentives really, really well. I, I think is what comes out from the Arthashastra that he knew how you can induce the citizens to engage in activity that will actually promote the interests of the state. So we've covered in terms of what, what we know about that society, we've covered they were prosperous, there was diversity, women were included. What was the voice of the people, uh, you know, in, how, how account, in what way were the officials accountable? I mean, was there some mechanism of redressing your grievances, some court system, things of that sort? Yeah, so there was, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, there was a really extensive legal system okay. that, that existed. So there's um, specific rules laid out in the Arthashastra for how um, claims are to be managed. One thing that's mentioned is that the claim should be managed in a very timely fashion. There's rules given for submittal, submittal of evidence. There's rules given for who can serve as witnesses in which cases. So specifically, it mentions that um, you know ministers are liable um, for their conduct. One of the ways in which the king can figure out whether a minister is being reliable or not is through um, like gupt means, right? So he sends out people secret. from this secret means. Spies. Yes, spies, yeah. So he sends out um, his, you know, messengers um, to, to the people to find out whether the ministers are, are acting uh, in, in a way that's compatible with Dharma and compatible with his own policies. So those of you who have a modern, today's name Gupta, <laughs> uh, it comes from Gupta, right. right? Which means secret. So maybe they were spies. It's uh, possible. We, we have to be careful of these Gupta. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know. So I think what this, what all of this tells you is that there was one a lot of state capacity. So the state was strong, which isn't necessarily true in a lot of developing countries like India today. And the second thing that it tells you is that the state was sophisticated enough to include a broad range of people in different economic activities. It's true that based on Varna, people were classified into different activities, but everybody was sort of included in a way that's not necessarily true anymore in India. It's mm -hmm. definitely more inclusive than the way that Indian society is today. So there's a, there's a, a Cartilian era society, which is before Islam. Mm -hmm. before, before the invasions, before, before the, the British. Start, yes. And then there is a society today we can see a before versus after comparison. Right. So when people blame Hinduism for some of these problems, uh, a good counter evidence is this whole text and the life of the people in those days is counter evidence to, to the claims that Hinduism or inherently or the Vedic system inherently was negative, biased, oppressive and so on because that was not the case. Yeah, of course. And there's, there's a lot of evidence directly from the Dharma Shastras to counter that right. directly. But even if you want to look at the evidence of lived experience uh, in the Arthashastra, it's mentioned that there is a lot of uh, intermarriage between Varnas. Um, and like we've been mentioning, all Varnas are included in the economic activity of the state. Um, there's protections for all of the different Varnas as well okay. within the legal system. So we'll come back with another episode and in that I want to ask about how do we compare with the West? 
uh, this Arthashastra, very ancient system, how does it compare with modern economic theory? We'll be back with that. <laughs>